welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Punch It. This is episode 49. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me, as always, is... Tristan Rodell. Tristan, it has been only a week, but I feel like I haven't talked to you in ages because I have been so ridiculously busy. How have you been, buddy? What have you been up to? Tell me about your life. <laughs> I've been great. I mean, we're recording this the day after Halloween, and it was uh it was a, a wild wild ride for Halloween because we got to uh we got to dress the baby up as an Ewok costume. We didn't do anything Star Trek related this year. So she was uh, she was wicked from Return of the Jedi outdoors and indoors, she was Wonder Woman. And uh nice. it was uh it was fun kind of seeing all the different costumes and and everybody like all these different kids dress up as uh different things and and uh, as we were walking around, actually, um, I saw a shop that was uh, that was devoted. I can't remember the name of it, but it was all devoted to bath goods and bath bombs and lotions and everything like you. And they, I asked nice. them. I specifically asked them. I said, I was like, "Do you have anything Halloween related or or like geek related or anything like that?" And they said no. And I was just like, "My friend Sharwood and you guys are losers for not having." <laughs> See, you just gotta order for me because lately I've been. Not going nuts, but I've been building my inventory for Star Trek-themed soaps, which has been an awesome, fun project. I've learned a lot from it. And uh, so right now, in my shop at sharsgoldengoods.com, I have Captain Picard's soap, scented with an Earl Grey tea scent. Uh, we nice. have Troy's Serious Chocolate Business, scented with chocolate, of course, and it's her purple uh, uniform before she went into the real uniform. The jumpsuit, I guess, is what you would call yeah, it. Yeah, the, the the lavender jumpsuit. Yeah, that one. Yes, and then I have Wesley's soap, which is scented like a banana split because that's his favorite dessert. So, if you are <laughs> looking for geek themed soaps, guess what? I've I've got you covered, and I hopefully have more to come after I get done with this first craft show I'm doing this coming weekend. Right after this is being released, and then after I get a moment to breathe. I'll get to work again. But I've been so crazy just trying to get ready for this thing because I want to have enough inventory so I can sell, 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 sell. But yeah, everybody should go to your shop. It's uh, it's fantastic. Go to the website. And because it there's not, it's not like there's a lot of Star Trek-themed soaps out there. And of course, you have a whole lot more than just Star Trek-themed soaps. But oh, every yeah. time you post... And everybody should follow you on Instagram, too. What, what's your What's your Instagram? It's Char's Golden Goods. And I'm also on Twitter. And I'm also on Facebook. And if you just go to my website, there's linkage to all the things. So just head over to sharsgoldengoods.com. You can peruse my inventory, see what I do have out there. I've got, like you said, Tristan, a whole bunch of stuff. So I've got the bath bombs. I've got soap. I've got lip balm. Handmade goods to your heart's content. All right. Well, after uh, after uh, all of that is said and done, and I hope you... Uh, I hope all this uh, this hard work that you're doing this week pays off, and I'm sure that it will. Uh, what we're talking about this week is actually this is something that I I love the most about Star Trek. I mean, I know that a lot of Star Trek is episodic, and like when people think episodic Star Trek, they think TNG and TOS, and how DS9 is is the is the holy grail of of serial storytelling, and uh, Voyager didn't really have it, and uh, Enterprise. 
engineered or pioneered, I should say, the three-part storytelling. But uh, all of that, all of that isn't necessarily true. And, uh, <laughs> and what, are we, what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about story arcs because last week we talked about bottle shows. We're going to kind of go to the antithesis of that now. We're going to talk about ongoing storylines that happened in all of the series because it did happen, you guys. We're going to prove it to you. <laughs> and maybe talk a little bit especially about things like two-parters and, as you mentioned with Enterprise, the like the story arcs, the three-parters that were going on there. And Discovery is nothing but serialized storytelling, so there's all sorts of arcs going on there. We're going to touch on all of that. Now I want to okay you right off the bat I want to I want to refute something that you said or at least oh what ask did I do wrong? No 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 you didn't do anything wrong but it, it okay it begs the question because here we go is that people are saying actually th- they build uh, Star Trek Discovery as like the first truly serialized Star Trek uh, f- for the 21st century and like we all knew that DS9 did it but it was still it was the basis of the show was an episodic it started episodic. And ended up serialized with Star Trek Discovery. They said this is going to start serialized right off the bat. This is not as serialized as I thought it was going to be. Really? Am I wrong in that? Oh, I think it's plenty serialized. But I do like the way in which each episode has its own amount of closure. You do feel like there is some sense of completion to it. You had a story that has a beginning, middle, and end. But at the same time, you know it's going on and on. So I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like Star Trek Discovery is, it's it is it is an episodic show that is wearing the mask of a serialized TV show. Mm-mm, I would not go that far. Sorry. I I really do. I feel like because each episode feels like it has its own flavor, its own style. It has that beginning, middle, and end, and the backdrop. It feels I don't know I like I'm sure that people are gonna be calling me crazy but you know okay so you know like uh Deep Space Nine was all about being on the space station and then it was the Dominion War it was still episodic but it still dealt with the Dominion War and then you have Voyager where it's episodic but it dealt with getting home you know like traveling through the Delta Quadrant I feel like like yeah this is closer to deep space uh, discovery is obviously closer to deep space nine than it is voyager but i feel like it it's episodic deep space nine with the back bo- with the backbone of the klingon war just replace dominion war with klingon war and then there you have it it's just like last mm. night's episode it was like yeah you had mud from a previous episode and you're still dr- dealing with a spore drive but Everything was so self-contained. And the episode before that, everything was crazy. Yeah, it dealt with Sarek, which we met, you know, like in the the first episode, but it was still self-contained. The same with the episode before that and the episode before that. The only thing that really felt super serialized was the first two, maybe three episodes. Not even three episodes. Because the third episode was radically different from the first two. (laughs) I sort of see what you're saying, but I don't fully agree with it. And no, I think there's more going on than there was on DS9 in terms of serialized storytelling. I just feel like Discovery has more ongoing threads going on it, the characters evolving and whatnot. But I do see an inkling of where I see where you're coming from. I just don't agree with it. 
Oh, that's that. That's cool. That's cool because I would love to open it up to the listeners. Listeners, yeah. you may be listening to me and thinking, Tristan, you're crazy. Uh, why do you even have the mic on? And so what you guys <laughs> should do is you should go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, select punch it from the drop down menu. And from there, you can fill out a form. It'll send us an email and let us know, is Discovery truly a serialized show or is it just wearing the mask of a serialized show or you can rub some personal opinion into it is it more or less serialized than you thought it was going to be when they were advertising it for the past year and a half or two years <laughs> um you can uh you can find the show twitter uh, uh, you can find the show twitter at join nerd party you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash the nerd party you can also find us personally on twitter at the insane robin shara where can we find you you can find me at oh the profanity everybody please tell tristan he's crazy whether you agree with him or not, just tell him he's crazy. I was going to say, it might not be proven just from this instance, but <laughs> anyway, so so yeah, with Discovery, la, 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 la. So like, that's one big thing. Let's, let's talk about that. Like, so Deep Space Nine, we talked a little bit about Deep Space Nine. Yes. One obvious story arc is the Dominion story. I mean, like, oh, yeah. we could talk about, oh, being on the space station, being near a wormhole. We could talk about Voyager um you know trying to get home as that is that's not necessarily a, a story arc that's the show premise you it's know, the theme yeah yeah it's the theme so I, we're not here to talk about that but the dominion war is one big deal and it's uh it's interesting because if you look at i started doing some research about this and there was a section on uh, on memory alpha called multi-episode arcs and I think the biggest chunk of Next Generation was the Q episodes. Oh, Like, they yeah. considered that a multi-episode arc, like, traveling through that character. And one, um, and then, but Deep Space Nine had the, had the most uh, multi-episode arcs. And just, just listen to this. So you had Changeling infiltra- Infiltration, and that looks like it's about 10 episodes. You have the Klingon War, which it looks like it's about nine episodes. You had Eddington versus Cisco. <laughs> which is three episodes. You have the Dominion invasion, specifically the invasion, and that looks about eight episodes. And then, of course, you have the t- the the final chapter, which is ten episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. If nothing else, the conclusion of Deep Space Nine is a big, huge story arc. But then we move on to Voyager, and they categorized, or whoever this was, uh, categorized as uh, a multi-episode story arc as for the Kazon. Okay. Yeah. Like, not just the big baddie, you know, like, but, you know, the Kazon. And, of course, you have the Q Civil War, which is three episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the Herogen's Hunt, which we've been saying for years, because that's Message in a Bottle, Hunters, Prey, Killing Game Part 1, Part 2, and Flesh and Blood. I mean, that's a big chunk of episodes right there. And that's not just following Absolutely. one big baddie. Yeah. That's a specific trait. And uh, they also have on here Barkley and the Pathfinder Project. Oh, yeah. But the biggest multi-episode arc on this list is from Enterprise, and it's the Temporal Cold War. And I think it's about 13 episodes. 13 episodes. Wow. I didn't think it was that many. It is actually a great deal longer and more than people realize because... Uh, like if it, even if it just had a little bit of it in it, it counted it. So we have Broken Bow, Cold Front, Detained, Two Days and Two Nights, Shockwave, Shockwave Part 2, Future Tense, The Expanse, Carpenter Street, Azadi Prime, Zero Hour, and of course, Stormfront and Stormfront Part 2. And hmm. they have uh, Vulcan versus Andoria, Journey to Ryza, Archer's Trial by the Klingons, and the Zindi War. And the Zindi War was actually a great deal shorter. 
<laughs> and everybody thinks that's the big arc because yeah. they have, I, I guess it's a little, I don't know, I guess it's a little more distinct. It's very much marketed as a three-parter. You know what? You know what? Okay, so an even better example of what I was trying to say earlier with Discovery, Discovery is Enterprise Season 3. That is what is what Discovery is, in my opinion. Hmm. Maybe I still don't fully agree with you. Uh, You're uh, pulling uh, teeth uh, here, uh, sir. Uh. <laughs> okay, so like we talked about multi-episode arcs, but like when people think story arcs or elongated storytelling, I mean, like from a, what's specifically an episodic show, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is two partners, right? Oh, right. Yeah, and I think that's just because I mean. We did have that one two-parter in the original series, The Menagerie, but TNG really got this going with Best of Both Worlds. They got that oh party gosh, started yeah. with that epic two-parter. People were just going insane that whole summer between the two episodes. And then after that, two-parters started becoming this big thing. And so we knew at least once, if not more, a season, we were going to have an epic conclusion or some sort of mid-season two-parter that was just going to be epic. They were going to blow out the budget. It was going to be a special effects feast. And you know what? It wasn't just about action sequences, though. I feel like a lot of the big two-parters have fantastic character moments, too. They did not shortchange us in that department. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. Some of the best ones, I feel like, are heavily character-driven. I mean, if you look at, oh, Best of Both Worlds had a lot of action, but of course dealt with a lot of internal struggle. You look at Unification, Mm -hmm. there wasn't any big explosions or craziness in Unification or Chain of Command. You know, that that wasn't huge. You also have uh, uh, Redemption. I mean, oh, come on, Redemption. I mean, like, that (laughs) one probably was a little bit bigger, but it's... uh, it's and that's just on TNG. I mean, you go to Deep Space Nine, you have the Maquis, the Search, Past Tense. Yes, uh, one of my favorites. You, I know it's just and then like you start seeing uh, uh <laughs> that's when the the titles start getting a little bit crazy. Improbable Cause turns into the Dias Cast. Homefront turns into Paradise Lost. In Purgatory, Shadow comes uh, turns into by Inferno's Light. <laughs> <laughs> it's no longer Part One and Part Two, but then Voyager picks that up again because we've got like Basics Part One, Tart Part Two, Future's End, Year of Hell, Killing Game, Equinox, and all those. Now, as far as two parters go, yes, they're big, they're big budget, they are epic. I just want to know what are some of your absolute favorites and why. Well, are we counting? Because here, I think we need to make. Like, from a writing standpoint, I want to talk about format a little bit before I answer that question, because okay. I'm not trying to dodge your question. Okay. Is there's feature-length episodes, and then there's two-parters. And this is true. Yeah, that's a good point. Feature-length episodes. Like, here are some feature-length episodes. I know we're doing a lot of episode listing, but you guys are nerds. You you know it. So, you have <laughs> Encounter at Farpoint and All Good Things. Those uh-huh. are That's TNG's feature-length episodes. It's nice bookends right there. Deep Space Nine, you have Emissary, The Way of the Warrior, and What You Leave Behind. In Voyager, you have uh, Voyager had the most with four, Caretaker, Dark Frontier, Flesh and Blood, and Endgame. And Enterprise just had Broken Bow, the first episode. So what that means is with feature-length episodes is that they aired as two-hour episodes. But then once they were put into syndication or re-aired, they were cut up into two-parters. Yes. So and so I from a writing them... standpoint, yeah, like from a like if you were tackling it, 
from a writer's standpoint, you'd have to tackle it as a two-parter. You can't tackle it as a feature length because each hour of, of, uh, of episodic television is a five-act structure, at least in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And so if you have, like, say you had a... F- Say you had a true feature-length episode. If it didn't have commercials, you'd be able to screw around with a 3X structure or a 5X structure for those two hours. But in the realm of Star Trek, you have to have a 10-act structure for these two-hour episodes. There you go. Which is which is, which is crazy town. That has to be so frustrating. And that was one... Like, <laughs> When we were talking about uh, um, what we were hoping out of Discovery well before it was even named Discovery, like when you were talking about what the future of Star Trek could look like, one thing that we talked about was, oh, the benefit of it being on a streaming service would be that we wouldn't have to worry about commercials. And so we could abandon the 5X structure and go back to a, a cinematic 3X structure. Well, hoo you know, we were wrong. <laughs> it was on a streaming <laughs> service, but we still have a 5X structure. <laughs> Yeah, they stuck with it, and I suppose, I guess, do they need to deviate from that format? Maybe that's just how it pans out. Maybe that's just what works for them right now. Uh, no, it's so that they can screw you over with charging you for the service as well as charging you for for, uh, <laughs> for commercials. But regardless, so I guess, I guess it doesn't, like from a writing standpoint, there is no difference between feature-length episodes and two-part episodes. It's really just how they were first presented. Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of it is one and the same. I kind of, in my mind, consider them pretty similar. The one difference that might make a difference to us as an audience is that when they do get cut into different two parts, you do have to cut out just a few minutes to allow for more commercials. Because when you have the feature length, I think you get a little more room. So when it first airs, they've got a little bit more to it, and then you chop some things out for part one and part two when that happens. It was Flesh and Blood, where they aired that as one solid thing, but then when they divided it into two parts, some parts were missing, some scenes. They Hmm. had to go in and cut some things out just to allow for... And it's not much. It's like little, little bits and pieces. You have to really be paying attention. That might not be uh, an issue with it being a feature length going to two-parter that might be an issue of syndication where they have different um commercial rules on different channels or different areas oh okay that's possible i'm not not saying you're wrong because this is just this is just a guess because that that could be the issue because i know that sometimes i'll I'll, i have seen episodes of shows including star trek as well as non-star trek works where it's been an hour episode that I've seen a hundred times before. And then I see it in syndication or on a different channel or in a different network. And I see little bits missing, like five seconds here or there. And I'm like, what yeah. the hell is this? Uh huh. Yeah. That's, I guess, in general, what I'm talking about there. So I didn't even realize that that was a thing that it could vary a little bit by with syndication. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, I I would love it if somebody who is listening has is more of an authority than we are on syndication or editing practices when moving to a different uh, commercial structure or even like moving uh, to other parts of the world. You know, like other yeah. parts of the world, like uh, if you're in the UK or in Germany or wherever, you, I'm sure that they have different um, commercial rules there. So, oh, I would love uh, to know that. Yeah, it's got to be different. So to answer your question, it would be so easy to say the best of both worlds is my favorite two-parter. But <laughs> I mean, that's one of the best episodes of all time, not even just Star Trek, but in science fiction. And I, I love 
Chain of Command, but I really only love the Picard stuff in Chain of Command. No Captain Jellico for you, huh? I don't. I don't understand this weird, sadistic love for Jellico. I feel like people say it just because they want to be edgy. You know, I, I don't they want to be like the unpopular be opinion. Yeah, I feel like it's just contrary to Jenkins. You know, it's, I just feel like that's that's what it is. Uh, I, I don't know. It's so hard. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing I, okay, to you well, what you do to me, where you make me rank stuff when I don't want to, and I'm making you pick favorites when you don't want to. I'm going to say all good things. Yeah, it is really hard to not go with something like that. That's just such a beautiful ending to that show. It really is. I mean, and we've talked about this before, but fra- it's, it's it gave service to every single character, even some of the dead ones. And Tasha Yar. Let's <laughs> just say her name. Her name is Tasha Yar, and she's dead. There she stands. Um, but <laughs> so. It, but it was just beautiful. It was it was about it. It was a great bookend to Q. It was about exploration. It was about the expansion of humanity. It was about the internal struggle uh, within characters and family and created family. And it ended, but in a way that they still were exploring. They were still out there. The show ended, but their journey didn't. And that yeah. is so hard to do. Oh yeah, and they did it in such a beautiful way of knowing. Hey, well, and I guess. We also knew as an audience they were going off to do the movie, so they had to leave it a little end open ended. But they did right. it in such a lovely way that ah, uh, it just warms my heart thinking about it, you know. <laughs> but also, I love the book ended thing with Q. I've mentioned that before. Started off with that storyline, ended with that storyline, and is the trial ever really over? Nah. Now I do have a question for you. It's kind of a okay. reversal of that. Are there any two parters on this list? that you don't think needed to be two-parters? Ooh, that is a very good question. Uh, It's been a very long time since I've watched it, but I think Descent Part 1 and Part 2 are probably worthy of being condensed into one episode. So true. So utterly true. I don't like Descent. I've got to really give credit to John and Ken over at Mission Log for reminding me of that when they reviewed that episode on their podcast which you should all listen to because they're fantastic they go through every single episode and just dissect the heck out of it that i think could have easily been one episode and done just fine let me see what else i i to add on to that like since we're we're like we're talking tng right now i would say gambit i don't think gambit needed to be two episodes probably not I could totally see how you could condense that. Also, one of your absolute favorites. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this up. Yeah, I knew workforce. I wasn't, I wasn't going to bring this up. Yeah, <laughs> Workforce. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, the thing with that episode is I feel if they had just made it a more interesting story and added a little more meat to it, it would have been fine as a two-parter. But what they did with it in and of <laughs> itself, yeah, you could boil it down. It could be one episode and it would be just fine and you would get just as much out of it. But Think about what you just said. Think about what you just said. They're like, yeah, if they added some more meat to it and made it more interesting, yeah, it would work. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is maybe like a more complicated story, just a little more thing, like more, just more things going on than what they actually did. <laughs> it, like a lot of things in Voyager, it was just not peak potential. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, now, it's... it's 
I feel like those those are probably the big ones for me. Is that like Descent, Gambit, and um, and Workforce are pretty pretty big ones. You know, Birthright, yeah. the the Worf Romulan storyline. Part of me okay. feels like that. I, like that one's kind of straddling the line. Like I would have liked to it to have been a little bit more interesting, uh, yeah. or like like as to to borrow your phrase, a little bit more meat to it. But it's not so egregious that I feel like no, that needs to be one. Yeah, I feel budget wise, it was definitely a two parter. <laughs> I can see why they had to do it. It could have maybe been a little better. As far as two parters go, it is probably more on the mediocre side. But hey, they can't all be winners. So off of that, what do you think it takes to to make a good two-parter? What, what's the winning combination? Oh, that is such a tough question, right? But we really should be asking it because when you're a writer, when you're sitting in the writer's room and you're mapping out a two-parter, I wonder how that process goes. Like, do you save big ideas for later? Do you do, or mm-hmm. do you take an idea and you just blow it up because you know you'll have the budget? I, I really wonder just what that process is like. Say, if we were back in the '90s and Jerry Taylor and Rick Berman and Michael Piller and all those guys were in the same room, how did they do this? This is something I do not know, and I would love to know now that we're talking about it. <laughs> um. You know, because I think the easy way to go out is, okay, we've got the budget, so let's do things with more makeup and more special effects, which means you're going to have mm-hmm. more alien races involved. And so maybe that gets you started thinking, okay, which race do we want to play with for this two-parter? Do we want the Borg? Do we want the Herosian? Right. Do we want Klingons? What do we want to do? Uh, or is it much more character-driven where we want to have a really epic Picard two-parter, for instance, or something like that? I really don't know where you begin. Do you have an idea? Well, I feel like, I mean, it needs to be grander. And that doesn't just mean bigger and better special effects. But I think the the episodes itself, the story needs to have weight. It needs to, yeah. it needs to put the characters into a situation that warrants a two-parter, that warrants an, an effect on their lives because... You look at some of the best ones. You look at Best of Both Worlds. This drastically changed the entire crew, and it put them through their paces. I mean, it, like Riker as a captain, having to bring in Shelby as a as a first officer, and Picard. I mean, that that goes without saying what happened to him and how that affected him later on. And then you have um, unification and what that does to the universe with Spock and the Romulans and. You know, like in Deep Space Nine, you have the Maquis part one and two. I mean, obviously the Maquis is a huge storyline <laughs> for yes, what happened yes. with Voyager. And even in Voyager, speaking of Voyager with basics, they freaking lose the ship. They lose the ship. Right. So what you're saying is the two parters, they've got to have much higher stakes. And the crew, or at least somebody, stands to lose something big. And you know what? Star Trek gets a lot of flack for having you know episodic or yeah having the episodic format where everything just kind of returns to normal at the end of the day maybe they press Mm -hmm. the reset button but in the two-parters they they play around with this could be life-altering right right whereas i feel like in some of the other episodes they just pretend it's you know manufactured danger for the sake of action in this in the episode Right, right, and and with Enterprise, I mean, you have something like uh, Demons and Terra Prime 
that was you know yeah. huge for Earth, not just the uh, not just the characters. And you have yeah. in a mirror darkly where that was an alternate way of storytelling that had no effect on our timeline, but in in their universe and uh, you know like you have certain factions rising to power and and everything of that nature and so yeah i feel like it like i said it doesn't necessarily need to have a bigger bigger budget or bigger special effects and not everybody has to die but i feel like the stakes need to be raised and that's it needs to be complex and the stakes need to be raised like don't draw out a two-parter just because you have an excuse you need to fill some time because if you have a a two-parter and it's dragging or it's slow the audience automatically thinks, why is this a two-parter? And it takes you out of it. Now, I want to talk about three-part episodes. Okay. Because a lot of people feel like Enterprise started this. Like season four of Enterprise gave us distinct three-part episodes. And I remember a lot of people giving Enterprise credit. And I was just like, that doesn't make sense. Because we've seen (laughs) three-part episodes in every iteration of Star Trek, except for TOS. Because, yeah, yeah, we talk about the best two-parter of all time being the best of both worlds, but that can technically be considered a three-part episode. Absolutely. So let's define this because maybe people aren't completely onto what you're talking about here. This is where it's three episodes that air consecutively. Consecutively. Yeah, they air separately. But they're telling the same story. It's basically the same arc. And I absolutely agree that Best of Both Worlds 1 and 2 and then followed up by Family, that is a trilogy. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, because in Family, yeah, you introduce the Worf storyline that has nothing to do with the Borg storyline. But you also have Picard dealing with these issues where it's not just reset button and he's fine. You see him crying and sobbing in the mud with his brother because yeah. of what the Borg did to him. And it aired consecutively. It was Best of Both Worlds, Summer Break, Best of Both Worlds Part 2, and then Family. That was the first one to do that. Yeah. Oh, that, and that's such a good episode. We don't see Picard vulnerable very much, but that just rips him wide open. And then you jump into Deep Space Nine. They did it three times. They sure did with the Jem'Hadar, um, the Search Part 1, the Search Part 2, and there's others. Yeah, you have the homecoming <laughs> and the circle and the siege, and then you have Tears of the Prophets, Image in the Sand, and Shadows and Symbols. That also had a break. And yes. Voyager, it, speaking of another break, you had Scorpion, Scorpion Part 2, and The Gift. Those Absolutely. all aired consecutively with a summer in between. Right, because Kess is having all these weird premonitions, and then all of a sudden she's just becoming, I don't know, some weird being and has to leave the ship or she's going to kill us all. <laughs> That's definitely a three-part uh, st- three story as well, for sure. And you know what? On Voyager, that's that's not that's a rarity. And you know yes, what? It, it really did show, though, that that kind of storytelling really moved things along character-wise, that it was really good. And it just it's, it stinks that the suits at the very top were just saying, no, 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 syndication, syndication, syndication. And Yeah, I, Iris Stephen Bear had to fight with Viacom in order to keep Deep Space Nine serialized because yeah. in like in the world of syndication, uh, like it's very rare you know when it's going to air or what it's going to air because like, um, you know, there are certain, like Voyager, when it aired in syndication, 
uh, there were certain channels that would air a single episode every single night, five times a week. That's how yep. I that's how I saw a big portion of Voyager was five times a week. And not everybody's going to watch it five times a week like us. Some people are going to see Thursdays. Some people are going to see Tuesdays. And so yeah. they want one cohesive story that they can just pop in, pop out, and not miss anything. And that's the beauty of crime drama. Because every single episode is the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that same framework, just a different story. And you can just, yeah, like sit down for 45 minutes, get something out of it, and then move on. But I feel like the reason why three-part episodes work so well, and I feel like the reason why Enterprise was uh, given a, a round of applause for doing that is because our brains latch on to a three-part structure naturally. Now, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Now, it's a, like, TV, an hour-long TV is five-act structure. That's just how it's always been because of commercial breaks. And, but cinematically, you, most movies, most movies, I can't say all, but most movies are a three-act structure. And so, whether we know it or not, whether we're educated in this or not, our brains latch on, latch onto it because we think beginning, middle, and end. With a five-part structure, it's hard to designate a beginning, middle, and end because there's a couple more sections in there. And so one writer's toolkit, in the writer's toolkit, in order to bypass the whole 5 X structure to get a more cinematic structure is to lump three of those episodes together. There and you go. And that's what these are. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. First episode is the beginning, second is the middle, third is the end, wraps things up, and you move on to the next thing. Because in Enterprise, you had the Augment storyline, and uh-huh. you had the Forge Vulcan storyline, and of course, you had the Enar storyline. There you go. Yeah, and Enterprise really does get all the credit, though, for doing that, but it, it really does amaze me just how much else... How much else in Trek lore we've had of it, we just didn't realize it at the time. Do you suppose it was because we were latching on more to serialized storytelling when Enterprise was airing? We were recognizing so. it as people, whereas back in the 90s, it just, huh? You wouldn't do that. But they were. I think so. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's spot on. I think, I think we, as an audience, were getting more educated when it came to story structure. We were latching on to serialized television i think it was because the landscape of tv was changing at the beginning of the uh of the century and i feel like this might sound a little silly but i think enterprise was ahead of its time uh oh you think uh, i think enterprise was ahead of its time in science fiction let me clear that up in science fiction uh because there was a lot of shows that were doing it like the wire and twin peaks and everything like that who were doing that before before enterprise but I feel like we as Star Trek fans and we as sci-fi fans, it wasn't, and and also the suits at CBS, uh, you know, like they they weren't able to digest it as well. And but if I feel like if Enterprise season three and four came out today, it would fit right in with everything else on TV. Yeah, I don't know if Enterprise was ahead of its time, but I do feel like. They were actually giving Enterprise a fighting chance by saying, "If okay, you want to do serialized storytelling on this show, fine, do it. Do whatever it takes to get viewership up. Because poor Enterprise just always struggled being on UPN and mm-hmm. not all markets had that network, yada, yada, yada. We've talked about that exhaustively. Um, and so they were able to take a little bit of a bold chance. And honestly, 
back when Enterprise was airing, I really did feel like, oh, it's a ploy to get people to tune in. <laughs> so it's sort of like the antithesis of syndication where, yeah, they want you to tune in and keep watching because you're doing the three-part episode instead of mm -hmm. tune in for one and maybe come back for another some other time. It's like almost soap opera-like where, oh my God, I got to find out what happens next. That sort of a thing. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and also I think just the heads of the networks were realizing, hey, TV is changing. People want to see more of the serialized format. Everything is kind of shifting this way. Go ahead, Enterprise. Have fun. Now, as we wrap up, as we start start heading home here, what do you, like, would you say that you like two-parters more than single episodes, or is it not an either-or in your brain? Mm, this is a tough question to answer, because are you just talking about in the days of episodic television, or just in, in a complete general sense? General sense. Okay, because I love what Discovery is doing. I really do, but at the same time, there are times when I really do appreciate episodic TV. And back when uh, everything but Discovery was airing, you know what? We knew we were going to get spoiled rotten with a high-budget two-parter here and there. And I don't want to say it lived up to the hype every time, but it usually was pretty good. So yeah. I don't know. I, I do like two-parters, but you know what? I don't know if they're any better than standalone episodes because there's a heck of a lot of wonderful standalones out there too. How about you? I think what do I'm, you think? I think, yeah, I think I'm going to have to give the same non-answer that you just gave because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I can't really answer the question. No, I'm 100% I'm with you though, because you get excited when you find out that it's a two-parter because you know it's going to be something special and you know that it's rare. And I remember looking up the TV guide every single time that Star Trek was going to be on and my mom would get out the magazine, she'd read the episode description and she would do it in her best broadcaster voice. And then she would, <laughs> and then you would, you would hear like this, she'd put on this deep voice and read it. And then all of a sudden you'd hear, Ooh, it's a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> And Your it was mom always, really it, is Linda Belcher so from Bob's fun. Burgers. <laughs> she is. That's and so awesome. It was um It was so that I have a little nostalgia and because of that. And but like you said, there are so many single one-off episodes that are better than the two-parters but then some of the best episodes of all time are two-parters. So it really is a mixed bag. There is no clear line down the middle. Right, yeah, just because it's a two-parter doesn't mean it's going to be epic, but sometimes it really was. When they had a really good story to tell, I do feel and I do wish that they would have only done two-parters when they absolutely knew they had something that they had to blow up story-wise. But that's not what the expectation was. It was November sweeps and May sweeps, at the very least, two-parter. You had two to do it back in that day. And that's why some of them were great and some of them were not so great. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, please let us know what some of your favorite two-parters are or three-parters or what you think of story arcs. And and uh, we mentioned at the top of the show uh, what Discovery is doing. Do you think it's doing it well? Do you think it's it's a pale shade of what Deep Space Nine or Enterprise Season 3 and 4 was doing? Uh, let us know uh, by going to thenerdparty.com slash contact and uh, fill out the form of Punch It. And also you can find us on every kind of social media that you can think of. And that's all there. It's all Everything you need to know is at thenerdparty.com. And also, Char, I do believe 
that we have a new five-star review. We do! Hooray, hurrah! Thank you so much for sending in the iTunes reviews. We want to thank Mookie Monster 4 for writing us a fantastic review, complimenting us, Tristan, on our podcasting chemistry. How about that? I guess this five years thing has paid off. <laughs> and uh, of course, gave us five stars. And so if you out there have not written us a review, we would love to see what you have to say. Please give us honest feedback. But if you do give us five stars, we will give you a shout out on the show, just like we did for Mookie Monster. It helps us out with other people finding the podcast on iTunes because most people do get podcasts through iTunes. So that helps us out greatly. Well, I think that just about does it for us, Tristan. And just like any good two-parter out there, you know that with the end of an epic cliffhanger at the end of part one, we're going to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.